Yeah. <laughs> uh, Becky, what goes through your mind, or um, what do you what do you feel? What do you think when you hear whole life ethic? Um, I think just exactly what the words mean, like being uh, an ethic that is concerned with the whole life of a person, not just uh, before they're born, uh, but, you know, all that in involves a life after uh, it is it is born. And so, uh, you know, the, the common or at least uh, popular phrase that I have heard um, within the last year, I don't know if it's an older term, or if I just learned about it recently, but uh, from womb to tomb. So basically, um, the whole life is just that from, you know, before the moment we're born, uh, when we're knit together in our mother's wombs, and then till we take our last breath, you know, after birth. Um, that's, that's the whole life, the entire life. That is the whole life ethic. And specifically just um, that the entire life is, is valuable, not just what happens prior to the person being born, but um, yeah, just all of a person's life, what, what, what is involved uh, after, after a person is born as well. How about you? Whole life ethic. What does, what does that mean to you? Yeah, well, I love everything you said, and obviously, I do agree. Um, I definitely, I don't know, just in thinking through this, of course, like womb to tomb, um, you know, crossed my mind. I also, it's hard, because when we even determined to do this episode, I remember thinking, or us talking about, oh, like, let's do a pro-life episode. And then I think at some point, Becky, you were like, no, like, let's do a whole life episode. And that was mm. kind of a shift we had made. And I, I just remember that moment. And I just love it because um, this is really where we, where we stand. Um, I just want to, I want to read a short, um, all the sources, you know, will be put in the notes, but um, <clears throat> a short, I don't know, blurb about just basically what the whole like whole life ethic is and how it does not take away from the pro like life ethic and I think it's important to talk about this because um you know over the past few years I, I've heard it said like oh well people say whole life but what they really mean is like let's just not put attention on you know the pre-born and I agree that it can be taken out of context in that way but I think when we say whole life, um, we don't just mean this vague thing. Like the whole life movement is like an actual movement, um, has an actual definition, and it includes sanctity of you know preborn life up until uh, the end of life, like you said. So I think this is really helpful in just addressing like the pro life stance and how it doesn't take away from that, but it adds to it. So um, yeah, whole life movement is not a rival of the pro life movement. Instead, it seeks to purify the pro-life movement of its inconsistencies. A pro-life movement that ignores infant mortality rates, starvation, <clears throat> or the degradation of the environment simply does not deserve the label pro-life. 
it becomes a mere uh, euphemism for supporting laws that restrict access to abortion. Hmm. It becomes detached from the understanding of human dignity and the worth that should animate the movement. Only a whole life approach can make the pro-life movement authentically pro-life. So um, yeah, I just, I love that. I think it's important because we, we kind of have these phrases we use now since pretty much since COVID started and a lot of social justices, justice things have happened and the election and all this stuff where like you kind of hear a word and you're like triggered by it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I think this is one of those things like the whole life ethic has in many ways become a replacement, replacement verbiage, but it is a legitimate thing. So I just wanted to also <clears throat> read through like a, a definition um, of what we mean when we say whole life. Uh, I do have it here. It's somewhere. Um, here we go. Okay. Um, so this is actually a mission statement from Consistent Life, uh, okay. which is an organization that obviously deals in this, which I really liked. And I think it's just good for defining terms. Okay. Um, and then, of course, we'll also link this. Uh, okay. A consistent life ethic. Consistent life ethic means being pro-life across the board, opposing abortion, capital punishment, assisted suicide, and euthanasia. Right. Fundamentally, each and every human being is unique and important. No person is defined by someone else's choices. No one exists as a means to someone's, someone else's happiness. Therefore, all choices we make as individuals and as a society must be weighed in light of their impact on human life and dignity. Hmm. The right to life is an inalienable one as life is sacred. If human life is sacred, then it must be protected. Human hmm. life is not more sacred at one point than at another. And people of one race or nation are not more sacred than others. The lives of the rich are not more sacred than those of the poor. All people have an equal right to life. This must be reflected in our constitution, our attitudes, and our practices in every field. It translates into a coherent social policy which seeks to protect the, weight, uh, the rights of the weakest and most vulnerable in our society, the unborn, the infirm, the refugee, the homeless, and the poor. Um, anyway, so I just love that. And Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's almost like, um, I saw it, uh, somewhere else. I don't even remember where I, where I saw it, but I jot, jotted it down. It says the whole life ethic equals pro-life for the whole life. Because like when we hear the two, um, I guess pro-life and pro-choice, when we hear those two sides of the of the abortion issue. Um, I think that uh, the pro-life label is probably a misnomer only because um, the pro-life stance for the, um, for the abortion movement is specifically pro-life of the pre-born child, right? And so pro-life, um, I, I think, would be more appropriately named the anti-abortion as opposed to pro-life. Because pro-life, I mean, the words mean you are pro-all life, not just one particular uh, stage or phase of life. Um, so I think if anything, um, and this is just, I'm just kind of throwing it out there, 
the the pro-life terminology or just the words pro-life referring to or associated primarily with um, the life of the preborn child, I think that minimizes or lessens the impact because then when you say pro-life, are are you are you talking about all life or just just this one one particular phase of life? Is yeah, no, it's so good. Um, I have some scriptures uh, pulled up. I mean, it's hard to, to choose. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to find ones that weren't, um, I guess, com- as commonly used because I know that the scriptures have so much more than um, we even remember or can see. I mean, I was just thinking about like the most basic verses that we think of when we think of like the pro-life ethic or the whole life you know things like that but right um these are a little more uh pointed I guess you could say mm-hmm. direct um so I have first John three seventeen. but if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need it closes his heart against him how does God's love abide in him mm. um Proverbs 24 11 to 12 Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to slaughter. If you say, behold, we did not know this. Does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who watches over the soul know it? And mm. will he not repay man according to his work? Um, and then I have Isaiah fifty-eight ten. If you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, your light will uh, rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. And then... Um, of course, James one twenty seven, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and keep oneself um, unstained from the world. And then, honestly, just thinking about like in Exodus twenty, you shall not murder. I mean, I just think mm, that yeah, it's so basic, but I mean, <laughs> it's so clear, you know. Um, there's yeah. just so many about our our worth, but yeah, I am like. I am pro whole life because I believe in the Imago Day, and I guess that's where we begin is like Genesis one, God makes man and woman in his image. And that's kind of our premise for everything, but right. all right. future speaks to it. So, yeah, yeah. And I think uh, that's what sometimes gets a little, gets a little hidden behind um, just when we hear when we hear the terminology pro-life, we, we, we usually have these conversations about being pro-life and life in regards to the abortion issue. And I'm, and I'm talking like specifically in, in the context of our, you know, Christian communities in our local church communities, um, I, I mean, uh, I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna step out there and say that typically, what is what is spoken most freely from the pulpit in many cases in regards to matters of life 
and valuing life uh, as far as a social cause, right? As a as a rallying point for um, uh, social social justice, if I could use that that terminology, um, it would be surrounding the issue of uh, pro-life as it pertains to uh, abortion and being anti-abortion. I, um, I don't really experience it. Like, let's say, um, for example, uh, speaking out or um, wanting to rally people around the cause of uh, abolishing the death penalty. Like, how would that, like, I'm thinking, how would that go over in our church communities? Badly. <laughs> it would go very poorly because, um, yeah, and, and that, that can be a little a sticky subject, but, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go for it and I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and uh, broach the topic as as graciously as I can, um, but as truthfully as I can. I think, and I'm open to being called out on this and being told that I'm wrong, but I think that one of the reasons that uh, we don't speak out about valuing the lives of those that are sitting on death row and standing up for their, those lives is because somehow, somewhere, somewhere along the way, those lives didn't image God or we, we, we've, we've stopped seeing the image of God as clearly in those people because you know what? If they're on death row, then they deserve to be there. So they forfeit their right at imaging God. Now, I'm not saying anybody said that. I'm just saying, they, these are human beings, these are lives. And so why don't we value those lives? Or if we do value those lives, why? Why are we not as vocal about saving those lives as we are vocal uh, in our in our local church communities about the the value of uh, of of the preborn life? And I know that's you know that that's that's a tough one, but is it really? It's, I, I think what's tough there is, is thinking about, hmm, why would we not value those lives as much? At least as evidenced by our being vocal or not about these lives that are being taken. They're lives, right? And they're being killed. So, you know, um, and I know there's more to the whole life ethic than capital punishment. Uh, 
but I think it's the one that we are least comfortable to talk about. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think what you said was incredible. Um, I think we could probably do a whole episode on (laughs) capital punishment, the death penalty, because it is such a, maybe we should, such a weighty topic and so much like historical Christian teaching and writing on so many different, you know, routes you can take. And there's just a lot there. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say I, I agree um, with that stance. And, uh, it's interesting. Something that I think about a lot is when we, and we talk about this a lot because of our, our backgrounds and things like that, but how the Catholics have a consistent social justice, um, presence. Yes. And that does come with things like being, more united in a way that has caused many issues throughout history than the Christian churches but the benefit to that is that they're more they get more done on social fronts because they're in agreement um across the church and so I do think that we need to give you know honor where honor is due and the Catholic church has done a lot and maybe we should do a episode on that too um but something uh really interesting so um obviously we will also (laughs) put all this stuff in the show notes but um this is something I had read like in my research um basically saying that the stance doesn't like shouldn't be a surprise but that the Catholics have had the consistent life ethic um and that's been like throughout like they have statements on it and they essentially coined the term like consistent life ethic or whole life ethic. Hmm. Um, So the protection and preservation at all stages of life is like, I mean, throughout Catholic history has been at least the stance, even if it's of course not come to fruition because humans and, you know, religion and exactly uh, legalism, but very interesting. So the Catholic church calls uh, the consistent ethic of life or the whole life stance, a seamless garment, which, condemns abortion death penalties Mm -hmm, suicide mm -hmm. and even like um, uh embryo embryonic research like embryonic cell cell research um super interesting but um anyway to tie this thought together and i think i'm trying to find i'm trying to i guess equate our thoughts to something that is not bizarre like we are not crazy to think this this is something that pacifist Christians have thought for all of Christian history um and the Catholic Church is just one very good example so um in my uh in my research there's a woman um a Catholic pacifist named Eileen Egan and I'm just gonna read a little bit about her I just love like the historical aspect of this because all the stuff that we talk about now um has already kind of happened and there have been so many conversations about it. Um, Mm. I just love this really beautiful philosophy she has. So we'll link this as well. Um, In 1971, the Catholic pacifist Eileen Egan coined the phrase seamless garment to describe a holistic reverence for life. The phrase is a Bible reference from John 1923 to the seamless robe of Jesus, Mm. which his executors left whole rather than dividing it as his execution. The seamless garment philosophy holds that issues such as abortion, capital punishment, um, 
militarism, uh, euthanasia, social injustice, economic injustice, all demand a consistent application of moral principles valuing the sanctity of human life. Um, the protection of life, said Egan, is a seamless garment. You can't protect some life and not others. Mm. Um, her words were meant to challenge members of society who divided their commitment to protecting and cherishing human life, choosing anti-war stances, but not anti-abortion work, or those members of the anti-abortion movement who were in favor of capital punishment. So right, right. Um, <laughs> super crazy. And, and it goes to what you're saying about um, the church. Uh, there was an article written about developing a whole life, pro-life ethic in our churches and <clears throat> we'll link that. Um, but this, these were some of the things that were given as, I guess, ways we could move forward. And I want to hear your thoughts on, um, I guess, what you think in churches, um, you know, we could do to move forward. But I'm just going to share these quickly because I really think these are practical. So um, just the idea of like one rallying, um, not just rallying, but speaking to persuade. So I think a lot of times we're like, we want to just get people into a movement, you know? Um, but instead really like changing, changing hearts and minds by persuasion, which is, I mean, what the apostle Paul talked about, you know, um, truly persuading our brothers and sisters in, in what we believe is true, even if we don't end up agreeing, you know? Right. Um, and then convincingly, uh, communicating a pro-life ethic as a gospel issue, not a political one something we talk about all the time is like, these are not political things. These are gospel things, you know? Yes. Um, and then three, affirming with our culture or Christian culture, what we declare with our message. So anyway, those are some really good practical um, things I saw about just how to move the church forward. But I want to hear your thoughts um, on that as well. Yeah. Um... I, I think that um, really just the, I just love the, the terminology of consistent life ethic is like really sticking out to me. And I think that um, our, like just the inconsistency that I see in the really gung-ho about pro-life when it refers to anti-abortion, but then less gung-ho about the life that is involved or seemingly uh, less caring about the life that is uh, involved um, in regards to capital punishment and the death penalty. And so I think consistency, um, I think is, it's just really important to consider. I think just personally, like, okay, uh, like really wrestling through what we think about, like, why don't I care about capital punishment? Like, why don't I care about that as much? And really kind of taking time to, you know, be with our uncomfortable, potentially uncomfortable thoughts about it and kind of wrestle uh, with that. Um, I think that um, removing the politics from it where uh, like it becomes a political issue 
And I get it. I'm not like, I'm not advocating. Um, I'm not advocating sticking our heads in the sand. But I think that there are certain components of it politically that need to be removed from the conversation because politics has nothing to do with the value of life. That, that's not a political issue. Like um, seeking to see the image of God in every person, pre-born to dying, uh, I, I, I just, that's not a political issue. And we've made it a political issue. If you stand on this side of the aisle, well, first of all, if you are a churchgoer and a Christ follower, you must stand on this side of the aisle. And therefore, since you stand on this side of the aisle, you must believe this about this, that about that, and so on and so forth. And I think because we have for so long, like decades, have like infused the politics of the issues with the issues, which the issues are about life. <laughs> um, it's just, we've got to do the legwork of like extricating the politics out of it and just looking at the bare bones. Okay, human life. Is it important? Do I think it's important? for the entirety of a person's life or not. And then, you know, kind of, it, 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 if we're not encouraging folks to do that individually and personally, I don't know what good a, a church movement is going to be until we do, you know what I'm saying? It has to be an individual within the church structure. Yeah. That is the that is the rallying point. That is that is the, I mean, dare I say, prophetic voice that speaks on this issue, you know. Um, and maybe there's several of those prophetic voices uh, in different church settings and different, you know, Christian communities and different. It just it. I don't know if I'm making sense, but it's like, we can't, it's, it's so much more than just rallying a group together. We've got to really deal with like some personal biases and just some firmly entrenched ideologies. I'm speaking for myself, firmly yeah. entrenched ideologies that have absolutely nothing to do with Jesus and have everything to do with a political party. And, and that's just, that's what I, you know, <laughs> that's what I'm wrestling with as an individual, as a person, as a follower of Christ, um, and what that means, what the whole life, what a consistent life ethic means, um, following, following the ways of Jesus. And, and so, yeah, I, I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, we could probably like record 10 episodes um just on this one maybe it can be valuable for others you know as they maybe try to have their own conversations uh about about these topics you know because they're important to have uncomfortable as heck but they're very important to to have because the imago dei is important and so us trying to acknowledge that 
um, is, I mean, I can't think of anything better to, to spend time on, you know? Yeah, I, I am with you. And what I hear you saying is it starts with these conversations. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Let's have seriously a breakdown of, of these topics and definitely think we would all benefit I know speaking for myself from deeper research into these things and um yeah I think I think everyone kind of has issues that we're more inclined to for whatever reason sure Um, whether that be you know a million different things but um I'm you know I've been researching like like Christian pacifism like that's something I'm really interested in right now so Mm. capital punishment is like a super interesting or or even just our justice system being is it punitive is it restorative what does that look like right 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 those are yeah those are so valuable so I would love to have more of those conversations and if it could benefit us and then whoever listens I I think that would be that's where it begins yes uh well, we will include as many as many notes or links to resources that we can in the show notes for this episode and uh, and stay tuned for further questions and conversations um, on these different topics related to the consistent uh, life ethic, the whole life ethic. Um, we've of course we have questions and we have have even more questions so uh thank you all so much for for listening in on our questions and conversations and uh we will see you next time